0: Well, turn with me to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 33. Tonight, I I suspect that you'll be making confession, or you do uh, on a regular practice, in the words of the Apostles' Creed. And this really is a confession of faith. I believe in God the Father. Now, that's easy to say these words... It's another thing to practice a living reality in our lives. The truth that we are confessing when we say it. This truth is not only sufficient for the New Testament era, but it's a truth that is found already early on in the history of the church. And as we look at the Old Testament here, Moses is coming to the end of his life. He is going to be speaking his last words. He's reflecting upon What has transpired with the children of Israel, God had brought them out of bondage to the Egyptians and now was bringing them into the promised land. Even though he himself would not be able to to gather with them, yet he is confident of these truths. And as he reflects on these things, he gives blessing to each of the tribes in in, uh, Deuteronomy 33. And then it seems he gets to the end of all that he has to say to the individual tribes. And he is lifted up in ecstasy and joy and consideration. I want to read 26 through 29. And I want to focus particularly on verse 27 this morning. Let's read together Deuteronomy 33, beginning at verse 26. There is none like God oh. Jeshurun, who rides through the heavens to your help, through the skies in his majesty. The eternal God is your dwelling place, and underneath are the everlasting arms. And he thrust out the enemy before you and said, destroy. So Israel lived in safety. Jacob lived alone in a land of grain and wine, whose heaven dropped down do. Happy are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord, the shield of our help and the sword of our triumph. Your enemies shall come fawning to you, and you shall tread upon their backs. Well, this morning our theme is going to be, my father's arms are under me, with three thoughts. We want to consider the security that is found here in this passage for the church. Of course, particularly here for uh, the Old Testament church. But it's a eternal truth for the church of God. Those who belong to him. So the security. Secondly, the sufficiency. It is the everlasting God. The eternal God whose arms are underneath. And third, we want to look at the sweetness. Moses says here, "Happy." are you, O Israel? We ought to be a happy people. Children, we live in a time in which there is great confusion in our culture and time. There is hopelessness. There is uncertainty with the diseases and so-called pandemic that we find around us and the questions about our whole government and the whole world situation. No doubt as that looms upon our lives, as we are older, we recognize more of the realities of these things and our own lives as well. We recognize day by day our life is really uncertain. We aren't given tomorrow, we're given today. And we're given today to live in light of this kind of spirit in which God's servant Moses lived. You see, Moses had been As it were, the hand and the mouth of God to the children of Israel for many years as they were led out of Egypt into the desert, into the wilderness, and Moses' hand was over them, and it was as if the hand of God was with them. I think particularly, children, when he's standing there in Pharaoh's court and with his hand he throws his staff to the ground and becomes a serpent, eats up all the other serpents of the magicians of Pharaoh. And with that same rod, he, he does so many things. He, he holds it over the crossing of the river. And the enemies, Pharaoh and his army, come into the water and He holds up his staff and again the waters come crashing over. This is a day of victory. Moses and Miriam and and the children of Israel are singing with joy. But then they are led into the wilderness. And yet it is still Moses with his hand who is guiding and leading in behalf of God this people. And think of all the things that Moses does with his hand. He calls down blessing manna from heaven. He speaks to the rock and it comes with water. So many things as the cloudy pillar is leading the children of Israel by day and by night. A a shade for the day and a, and a, a dim light for the night for protection. And notice as he comes now to the end of this section and to the end of his words to the church. Of the Old Testament. We we could say the same words today. Are applicable to us. We are entering into. Challenging times. The challenging times aren't behind us. They're before us. They always will be. In many respects. But the question is. Do we. Will we. With confidence. Enter these challenging times. By holding fast to what God has promised to be for us. And do we believe as well that he holds us fast? That's the question that's before us this morning. And so as Moses comes here with the millions of people who are ready to go into the promised land. So much uncertainty before them. He says, there is no God like this God, O Jeshurun. And he holds before the children of Israel this pet name for the people of Israel. You know, when each of our children were growing up, I, I gave them various names. Maybe you have done that as a father, an endearing name to, to your children. Not their real name, but another name. In some respects, this is like that endearing name name. Of God to his people. My dear upright people. Is really the definition of this name. And here Moses is. Saying to the people of Israel. There is no God like your God. And I can say the same thing to you this morning. So many thousand years later. There is no God like your God. Like our God. O Jeshuan, Dearly upright beloved people. This name is used by Moses in the chapter before. And you'll, you'll find that if you look back in verses 7 to 15. But in that context, it's more of a, uh, uh, an admonition, a warning. Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask your father. He will show you. Your elders, they will tell you. When the Most High divided the nations, their inheritance, he separated the sons of Adam. He set The bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel, for the Lord's portion is his people. The Lord led his people. The Lord's portion now in Christ is his people, is his church. And so as we enter into these days of confusion and and, and the days that are behind us, that still people don't rightly understand all that has transpired and perhaps will be revealed in days to come. There is so much confusion that the church in particular and the people of God need not be shaken at all. Later in the history of Israel, the prophet Isaiah will remind them in Isaiah 44, Hear, O Jacob, my servant in Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus said the Lord who made you and formed you from the womb, who will help you. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. If we confess as a people to belong to the Lord our God, he is our Father in heaven. And no matter what circumstance may come in this present world or in our particular lives, Moses is saying to us this morning, it is secure. You have a security that this world knows nothing about. When you come into places where you don't know how you will prevail. How you will get through these difficult circumstances. When you even feel numb and everything is pressing in around you. You feel there is perhaps no one there to help. Don't forget the God who says, who, who Moses says, rides through the heavens to your help. Through the skies in his majesty. Children, you perhaps have been afraid or have experienced times when it's dark and you're, you're afraid to do something or to, to go somewhere. There can be times in our life that the path forward seems dark and we don't know the way. And Moses is saying to the children of Israel, he's saying to us, do not be afraid, O Jeshurun, dearly beloved people of the Lord. Your God goes before you your God who holds you in the palm of his hand will protect you. And notice how he continues by saying, the eternal God is your dwelling place and underneath are the everlasting arms. Here we have, through the mouth of Moses, God's saying to Israel, I am the one who will carry you through. I am the one who, no matter what it seems like in the circumstances of your life, will bear you up so you do not sink in the waves. I think of Peter. Who was it as he's walking on the water to our Lord out of the boat? Whose hand is underneath? Peter. Peter. It's the same God who Moses here is testifying. Underneath are the everlasting arms. Until Peter looks at the waves. His circumstances. And he begins to sink. But it doesn't change the reality that underneath are the everlasting arms. He does not sink. The security that Peter had, that we all have, even when we fall, is secure. I'm reminded how God's heart is moved toward his people in such a, a deep way. Every time I read in Jeremiah 31 when he says, and he puts it in human language Is Ephraim my dear son? Is he a pleasant child? For since I spake against him, I do earnestly remember him still. Therefore, my bowels are troubled for him. I will surely have mercy on him saith the Lord. This is our God who sees his people as Jeshurun and the security that ought to come from this knowledge that we belong to him, the God of all creation, the father of all his people, the father of his dear son. And even though our father permit Various things to transpire in our lives. Difficulty, sickness, death, trial, struggle with temptation and sin. All these things. He has promised to use. For our good. He will never let us sink through his fingers. The security is sure. We read in Isaiah 63. You did lead your people to make yourself a glorious name. Look down from heaven and behold the habitation, the dwelling of thy holiness and glory. Where is your zeal and your strength? Sounding of your bowels and mercies toward me? Are they restrained? Doubtless thou art our father. Though Abraham be ignorant of us and Israel acknowledge us not. Thou, O Lord, art our Father, our Redeemer. Thy name is from everlasting. The Old Testament saints, although we know more clearly, knew this God who had called them out of darkness, called them out of Egypt, delivered them through blood, was their God. And when we enter into this week and we enter into the rest of this new year, Holding fast to this truth will give us immeasurable security. This building probably has security of sorts, maybe even security cameras. Maybe your home does as well. Everything today is about security. Lock down your email and all your accounts online and so on. Today there's so much said about security 24-7. And how unsecure we feel when someone has violated that security. Well, this security of which Moses here is speaking, that underneath are the everlasting arms, can never be violated. We are engraven in the palm of his hands. Our Lord, he looks at his hands, graven on his breastplate. There is nothing that can befall us in our lives that our Father, for the sake of his Son Christ, our Lord, will not do for us exceeding abundantly above what we could ask or think. So this confession we make each Lord's Day. I believe in God the Father is found here. And when we make this confession, do we understand, do we believe, do we trust the security that is found in belonging to him and that he is saying to us, I will never, never, never let you sink in the waves that seem to come at times crashing upon your soul. Moses is reminding the children of Israel, is reminding us of this glorious security that belongs to the church and the people of God. I'm reminded of Christian in Pilgrim's Progress as he approaches that River Jordan and the final Days and hours of his life as he's crossing this river into the celestial city. Christian and hopeful are crossing over, and 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 Christian becomes fearful. Remember, he 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 he's afraid. He's slipping perhaps on the rocks. He he cries out, "I'm sinking in deep waters. The billows are come over my head, and the waves have gone over me." Oh, the psalmist reflects this same. Passion as he at times finds himself in difficult places. And this is the reality of our life as well. When we we lose sight of the promises of God, we lose sight of the reality of this security, we can become fearful and doubtful and, as it were, believe that the waves will cover us and drown us. But remember what hopeful says to Christian Be of good cheer, my brother. I feel the bottom and it's good. That's what Moses is saying here. Underneath are the everlasting arms. And remember before they left and they stood on the other side, before they got into the Jordan, they they asked those shining ones, who were standing there about the deepness of this river that they were to cross. And the angels, the shining ones, answered them, You shall find it as deep or as shallow as you believe in the king of the place. As we traverse our daily lives, each one of us, God has ordained us, Our Father, when we are in Jesus Christ, a path that we are to walk. And in this path, he will allow, he will direct blessing as well as trials and difficulties. But all are designed for our good and his glory. And so as we traverse this path that he's called us to take, our eyes need to be focused Upon him whose hand, whose arms are underneath, trusting what he has told us. The everlasting God is our dwelling place, and underneath are the everlasting arms. This is our security that we have in Christ Jesus. How is it possible that our God, who who knows us so intimately, who, who, who sees us even as we read that law this morning, and we've come short at many points, even after we have tasted of his grace, how is it that this God can say to you and to me this morning, my arm and my hand is underneath and you shall never perish. How is that possible? we know it's because his own dear son, our Lord Jesus Christ, as he's hanging upon the cross, already pictured here in a sense, it's only because of what Christ has done that Moses could see that God would preserve his people. He would carry them through to the end. His promise was secure because of Christ. Because when Christ hangs upon that cursed cross. It's as if the bottom falls out. There is no place of security. There is no place of refuge. Those who stood and gazed upon him mocked him. Where is your God? They mocked him. If he be your God. Let him come down and rescue you now. And there was silence. And he cries out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? This is why I can say to you this morning with such confidence and surety, the eternal God is our dwelling place. And underneath are the everlasting arms. He, having engraven you upon his hands, shall never fail You, whatever the circumstances are, and we are to look and trust in him. Now, is this sufficient? Is this enough for us? Because that's often a question. Sure, we can confess the everlasting arms are underneath us, but you don't know my circumstances. You don't know what I'm going through in my life. You don't know what I face in temptations and trials. How can you say that he will uphold you and keep you. You know, our security is only as strong as the sufficiency of that security. In other words, if you have protection in your home or business with cameras and other things to protect it, and somebody comes along and it's being connected to the Wi-Fi and your internet and cuts the cable, suddenly, you're no longer protected. It's no longer secure. It's only as good, you see, it's only as good as it's sufficient. So how sufficient is this Arm that's underneath. Moses tells us. It is the eternal God. Who is with his everlasting arm. Under you. And so the question that could be raised is. Is the one whose arms underneath underneath me able to hold me up are they able to carry the load of my weight of my life of my trials and Moses tells the children of Israel whatever you face whatever giants whatever circumstances of the Ammonites and the Canaanites and whoever you will face as enemies is this arm sufficient yes it's the everlasting eternal arm of God this is the attribute that Moses brings into view for the children of Israel and into our view. The eternality of our God. They were going into a land that had many gods. Many who were worshipped, Baal and many other gods. We traverse in a world that has many gods. Still today. Science being the primary one today, I believe, that people have bowed the knee to among other people. And the Word of God is coming to us this morning and saying, No, there's one eternal, everlasting, unchangeable God who always existed, and He always will exist. He's the everlasting, the eternal God. His arm. Is under you. Therefore Moses is saying. There is nothing that shall befall you. Which surprises this God. His arm is sufficient. For all your need. Can you imagine if you are walking. uh, Next to a a very high rocky. uh, Edge of a cliff. And you're holding hands with a person. That that you, you really love. And they slip over the edge. Do you let go? Absolutely not. If you truly love that person, you hang on with all your might. You Even if it were, probably sacrifice yourself to rescue the person. How much more the picture here that Moses is presenting to us. Underneath these arms are the everlasting God's arms are under you. And as I said earlier, it is Christ who experienced that these arms were not in view. When he hung upon that cross, when he suffered in the garden. It seems these everlasting arms were not there to embrace him, to comfort him, to hold him up, to to lead him. He endured this suffering so that each one of his people, when they experience these trials and difficulties and temptations, may know with certainty by faith the everlasting God. My God, my Father, his arms are under me. And can't you attest to that if you know him? I am certain there is within this flock those Who have been plunged into deep sorrow, grievous pain, suffering, difficulty, trials, temptations. But is there anyone here who would dare to say the eternal God's arm was not sufficient? There's none you can talk throughout the ages and you can talk to the people of God throughout the week. And though we don't always see it clearly, we don't always rest upon that truth. It is certain that it is sufficient for every need. It is the eternal everlasting arm of God. It is the arm of a father Who loved his people with an everlasting love. It is what strikes the heart of the Apostle Paul aflame. He who gave his own Son, how shall he not freely with him give us all things? There is nothing, friends, that we shall encounter in our path what will cause us to sink. And to pass through his arm. We may think we are in depths where none can stand. The psalmist came there as well. But if we confess by faith that God our Father is the creator of all things. The sustainer of all things. The upholder of all things. What have we done with our confession when we doubt and fear. That we shall slip through his arm. God is unchanging. He is the altogether stable, sufficient, constant one. Certainly, we may at times fear as David did when he's fleeing from Saul. He had been anointed king. We know this experience ourselves to some degree. God has given us promises, and yet we face circumstances in our life that seem to go contrary to the way in which He has told us to go. And yet, we need not fear. When we, by faith, may lay hold upon this truth, the eternal God is sufficient for every need. Notice what He says. I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? There's nothing. Whatever you face, whatever circumstances that faces you, there is the everlasting arm of God. Notice here also why this is true. Again, we come to Zechariah when it says, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts. Smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered, and I will turn my hand on the little ones. Whose arm? There in that prophecy of Zechariah, whose hand, whose arm is holding the sword? Same one here in our text, the eternal, everlasting God. His arm. Raise the sword of justice against his son. That that same hand that should have ministered justice and death to you and to me can now be the arm that is underneath. It is forever. Not only secure, it is sufficient. Whatever your circumstance may be, if you're thinking of the depth to which you're going, his arm is underneath further than even your depth that you experience today. The idea here that Moses is expressing underneath are the everlasting arms is the, the, the very bottom, the very depths, the very, the very far reaches of wherever you can go. Underneath that are these everlasting arms. And if you would say perhaps I've never been deeper than I am right now, then listen to the words of Moses. The eternal God is your dwelling place, a resting place, a place Of habitation where you may live and rest. And underneath are the everlasting arms. They're sufficient for whatever your need may be. I believe in God the Father, the creator of heaven and earth. Do we? Underneath are the everlasting arms. The security is sure. The sufficiency is the eternal God. It ought to give us such sweetness as expressed here by Moses. Happy are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord, the shield of our help, the sword of our triumph. Your enemies shall come fawning to you, and you shall tread upon their back. Do we grasp the comfort. That is found in these words for us, the church, when we are in Jesus Christ by faith. We've entered a new year, almost another month has passed. What will happen this year? We look back in the last two and it's very uncertain. But do we enter into each new day this year, tasting the sweetness Or have we been complaining? Moses here with confidence, knowing he himself is not going in. Speaks by faith to the children of Israel, who at times he became frustrated and angry with because they didn't follow the Lord. They wanted to turn back to Egypt and all these things. And yet by faith he is able to say happy, happy are you, blessed are you, O Israel, who is like you. And the same is true today. There is such a sweetness in these words if we grasp by faith what the scriptures are saying. You ought and I ought to be a happy people. And it ought to be such an expression of our lives that the world, who is hopeless, who is living near despair, doesn't know what's happening next, will look to us and see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Of course, it does not mean we will always be Walking with a smile on our face. Pain is pain. Suffering is suffering. But the words of our mouth, when we, with our hearts, rest upon these arms. Ought to stir within us such a realization of the blessedness that belongs to us. It ought to cheer our way. This is the perspective of faith. He's not looking at our circumstances. You know, children, you maybe learned this in, in, uh, in science class too. So if you take a beaker of water and you have it half full or so, and you put a ruler, straight ruler, into this water, what, what does it look like to your eyes? Because it's in two different mediums, the air and the water. It looks like the ruler takes a sudden curve. It looks bent. It's perfectly straight. God's, our Father's rule in our life is perfectly straight. He has one purpose, one design, and He will accomplish it. But as we look at it, it looks to us at times to be crooked. It looks bent. It looks distorted. But not from His perspective. And we ought to stand back as we look at our life and see what He sees. Happy are you, Israel. Who is like you, a people saved by the Lord? Our salvation is our rejoicing in what God has done for us. So many times we are looking at our circumstances and our temporary surroundings instead of seeing the hand of this eternal God governing us and guiding us and leading us upon life's pathway. Jeremiah Day said, The longer I live, the more faith I have in providence and the less faith I have in my interpretation of providence. How often don't we look at these circumstances that happen to our life and we we think maybe this happens. Oh, God must be against me. Oh, no, what's happening? And God is not there. And then we have something nice happen and we feel good about it. Oh, God is here and he's helping me. What's changed? Our interpretation. Rather, we ought to rest on the confidence of the certainty of the everlasting arm. The security, the sufficiency should bring sweetness to our soul and our hearts as we think about our circumstances. Moses is saying there is a place of rest. There is a place of safety. There is a place where we can go here, resting on his arms. I think of the Apostle John there in the last meal with his Lord before his crucifixion. He laid his head in his bosom. The arm of Jesus, no doubt, embracing him with affection. So we should see the arm of our Father. Not only is this an arm of protection, as it will state here, the sword of triumph. God will go before us. He will give us deliverance over the enemies. Our life is fraught with perils. His children will face many enemies. But our Father's arm is an arm of protection. But it is also an arm of affection. Yesterday I went out with one of our grandchildren. And you know they pack the kids in car seats today. You can't wear a jacket because they have to be tight in the car seat. So you run from the car to the store. And I had my winter jacket on. And I wrapped her in and hugged her tight. We love our children and our grandchildren. We would, we would do anything. Jeshurun. Your father will do anything to protect you and to show you his affection. And it's especially, isn't it, in times of danger and difficulty that a mother and father's arms, when a child comes running to them in fear or in in difficulty and in pain and the embrace is given. And it seems sometimes maybe when we run to God and we confess and bear our hearts to him in our difficulties and our pains, he seems to be silent. Underneath, the everlasting arms are still there, but he, for some reason, may be saying, my child, trust me more. Rely on me. There may be something in my life that needs to be examined. There there may be in his fatherly, sovereign way that he wants to lead me to trust him more. Whatever it is, he will accomplish his purpose. And I will come to rest in confidence and in the sweetness of knowing no matter what circumstances of my life, his arms are under me. They will endure till my last breath. Till the last enemy is faced. Even then, these arms are unchanging, eternal, everlasting arms. I'm reminded in closing of a story Napoleon, the great emperor of France, he was sitting on his horse. And one day he was looking at some papers and he dropped a few of them to the ground and the horse startled and reared up and nearly threw Napoleon off. He could have even been killed. And a young corporal stepped forward and risking his life grabbed hold of the reins and pulled the horse down and calmed the animal. And Napoleon saluted the corporal and he said, Thank you, Captain. And without a pause, the young man said, Captain of what company? Sir, Napoleon replied, captain of my guards. The man turned around on his heel, saluted and walked across the field to the captain of the guard and took his place. One of the officers asked him, what are you doing? He said, I am now captain of the guard. Another asked him, by whose order? And unbending, the man said, by the emperor's order. He believed what Napoleon said. Took him at his word. I believe in God the Father. The creator of heaven and earth. And underneath are the everlasting arms. What does that mean for you and me today, tomorrow, till our last breath? I challenge you to live in the sweetness of His security, His sufficiency. Let's pray. Our gracious God and Father, we come this morning knowing that we often fall, mistrust, doubt, and fear. But may this message that came to your people, your Jeshurun, your church in the Old Testament be also to us today a sufficient word for our every need. And we confess, Lord, that without thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, we would be plunged downward into the depths of destruction forever. But he has descended these depths so that we may come with confidence this morning and confess Underneath us are the everlasting arms of the eternal God. And so go with us. Help us to encourage one another and others whose feeble hands hang down and weak knees. Not able to walk. Bless us this day, this week, this month, this year. And to be a faithful witness of the sweetness that these words express to whomever we meet. Lord, you know our path that we will take from this day going forward. Whatever our need may be, may we confess, I believe in God the Father. Amen.